Hello, and welcome to episode 889 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, February 2nd. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. It's TGI Acceptance Letter Day. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah, right? I, I don't know what, you, what we're supposed to call it. I, I send out all the... Uh, um, invitations for TGFBI this morning. So. I, I, I like, I like, I like the way you, yeah, acceptance letter. It, I it, got accepted. Yeah, exactly. I, I got accepted. You did. did. You, did. in spite of the fact you put P Hub as your link to work. Hey man, give me a little opportunity to check check out my work. Um, I, I was very disappointed that it was <laughs> a link that sent me like to P Hub. <laughs> All right. Well, that's where we're at. Uh, I made it in TGFBI. Go check your email, see if you did as well. We'll be talking some pitchers today. Um, you talked about the Nolan Arenado deal, which is done. You guys may have talked about some names. They're kind of settled now. Austin Gomber kind of leading the way, and then some prospects from there. Uh, nothing else has really gone down since. So no, no transactions to catch up on giving us ample opportunity to discuss starting pitchers and where we have some big differences. Now, we run pretty deep on both of our lists, and so we could, you know, be talking about a guy that, you know, you have 100, I have 130th because they have they're 30 spots apart, but I kind of focused more on the higher ends uh, for the most part. There's, there's a couple inclusions like that that are a bit lower, including the guy you're much higher on than me, and I want to see where you're at with him. But for the most part, these are guys that are that are firmly in our top 100, maybe even in our top 75. So let's just start with some guys that uh, I'm higher on and see where you're at, uh, why why you're lagging, because you're clearly <laughs> Obvious. <laughs> no, um, I'm curious on Mike Miner. Uh, he's, he's the first one here. Big split between him, I think, about 36 points. Uh, I am lost in my sauce here. 68 points, excuse me. I have him 62. You have him 130. What's up with Mike Miner? Going back to KC, no love for him. I, I kind of given him a little bit of a little bit of leeway on the two month season, and I think he's going to be, you know what, usable. But what do you think about Mike Miner? I mean, I probably do have him too low. Uh, I also like when I put these lists out; they're pretty like close to where I would draft them. Um, so like, you know, th- I think we talked about this, uh, a fair amount, but just a reminder to people like, you know, some people, when they rank, they're going to rank by, this is where, uh, I think the player is going to end at the end of the season. So, um, and then they have a different kind of list for themselves when they draft. I, 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 I throw out my draft list. This is, this is the list I'm going to be drafting off. And this yeah. is the list, uh, I think, if, if you're going to believe my work, this is the list you should draft off of. Um, and I just don't want Mike Miner. I mean, yes. He's not. Yeah, I mean, I guess he he's going to be like an innings eater. My fear is, like, just like looking at the projections, for instance. Like, let's say he does what Steamer says, which is 178 innings. Ooh, that's great. With a 464 ERA. That is not great if you're soaking up that amount of innings at that kind of ERA. Um, and, yeah, I don't think you'd keep him that long if he did that, though. Then what's I the don't point know. Of, what... I mean, if you're not going to hold on to him for a while, I guess what's the point of drafting him? I mean, it's 
Well, that that assumes that you think that he is going to be a four sixty four guy. I don't. I mean, I, I boy, projections are the just a huge turnoff this year more than ever. Like yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't think, care about them. I think projections um, are having a really hard time. Yeah, and I understand that. Uh, but as far as like convincing me on an argument, a, a projection moves the needle zero for me uh, right now because like I, I don't know. You know, I guess that's taking everything into account that that 20 is who Mike Miner is now. And I'm just not sure I see it like that. I thought that he kind of got back on track with Oakland a little bit uh, there at the end, at least skills wise. The results still weren't there. 548 ERA, but a 366 Sierra. I don't know. I just see him getting back to like what he was in 18 and 19, which is high threes ERA. Um, Let's see between those two seasons. Yeah, 384 ERA. With decent strikeout rate and uh, decent whip, and that I mean that would probably push him up into like my top eighty to a hundred. Like I, I don't think that uh, he's not a guy that I mean he's going to be on Kansas City. How many games is Kansas City going to win? So how many games is he going to win? Yeah. Uh, how much? How much do you really draft off wins, though? I mean, he I, I won mean, twelve and fourteen on Texas too. So yeah, I mean it's it it's. It plays into the consideration, but it's definitely not something I weigh super high. But it is one of the four pitching categories you can get from starting pitchers. So I don't think it. I think sometimes people are like, well, just ignore wins. I was like, I don't think you could ignore wins, but it should be devalued. Maybe in the same way I tend to devalue batting average and yeah, standalone I think they should more or less be ignored at the draft table, and then you adjust as the season goes. Well, but if you're playing in a deeper league, that's harder to do. Sure. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I can see maybe I'm a little bit low on Mike Miner. I, I told you like prior to us recording, like I feel pretty good about like my top 75 mm-hmm. and then it's just, it really feels like a blob, um, of just like, you know, the difference between like, you know, your 80th guy and your 120th guy just doesn't feel that different. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of clustering, a lot of globs out there, um, and it's going to be hard to kind of navigate through them. It's always a decision of do you let it come to you and you take what's left, or do you attack? I like to attack because I do think that uh, you know on paper and and via projections and things like that, there might not be major differences. But as you do your research, maybe you find something that uh, gives you hope that somebody can outperform more than his group based on, you know, a new pitch or some some spin or whatever the case may be. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, minor, kind of a bland guy, but uh, uh, I like him decently at, uh, at 62 versus your 130. Let's move on to another guy here coming off a, a missed season when he sat out, uh, but gives him more time to recover from TJ. That's Michael Kopech. I got him at 78 to year 126. You're just not seeing much from him this year. I don't know what we're going to see from him. There was uh, talk, you know, at, when he opted out or right before he opted out that he didn't really want to play baseball um, and that his focus was on his lifestyle in L.A. And I, like, I think the talent is immense. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, if we hear that, you know, if he shows up to camp and he's, you know, looking good early, he's going to jump up my ranks um, because I do love the talent. But. Uh, the concerns about maybe some of his off the field behavior. And there were people who, uh, who kind of whispered that 
the opt-out didn't really have much to do with COVID, but just with his desire to play baseball at the moment. And he went through a divorce and things were, you know, rough in his life. So you don't want to like judge the guy necessarily, but I've mm-hmm. also got to make a determination for my fantasy team. And uh, like, I just, I have not even come close to drafting him in my 10 drafts so far this year. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I know there was some, some discussion that it wasn't yet just pure COVID. It was kind of getting his mind right and figuring out where he's at. I don't know. I just assume it, you know, unless he flat out retires, I think he'll be ready to go. And uh, we'll see if he gets re-energized about uh, where Kopech's talent is and and what he can deliver. Uh, That could be a huge addition for the White Sox. And he should be fully recovered uh, from TJ based on the, uh, based on the time that he's had. So we'll see if he gets an opportunity to start, but yeah, I'm not even like super in, but 78, is where I got him. Um, I guess playing wait and see might be the better way to do it, but I, I, I would take him. I would take him in certain drafts right now. I, I haven't really seen where he's going, but if he went somewhere in that uh, 80th pitcher range, I think I would take a shot on Michael Kopech. He, he's currently going pick 300. So oh, yeah. right before you uh, say Kikuchi, uh, Tariq Skubal and Griffin Canning, uh, and kind of behind Dean Dunning, Oda Rizzi, uh, and uh, Justice Sheffield. I'm okay with that. I think that's a fair price. Yeah, I, I mean, all three of those guys going behind him, I like more than him. Uh, all three of the guys going behind him? Mm-hmm. Scooble, Kikuchi, Canning. Oh, yeah. um, I think I have them ranked by him, but I, th- I don't think he's behind all of them. In fact, I'm certain he's not. Uh, what about Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez? You've got him lower than I've got Kopech. Now, he is coming off the, you know, COVID issue or COVID that developed into a heart issue, but he's expected to be 100% and back. You got him 90 to my 61. That's that's passing on Eduardo Rodriguez yeah. this year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all about the COVID complications that he faced with the myocard artist. Um, I... If he is pitching uh, in spring training, he's going to bust up my ranks. I, I love the talent. I've always been an uh, Erod guy. Uh, you know, he, he struggled with injuries throughout his career. But, you know, in 2019 through 200 innings, I really love him. But, I mean, we were talking about this, you know, earlier uh, in the offseason when, like, he had just been cleared to walk. Like, it took mm-hmm. him months to, like, actually have the strength to walk, much less pitch. Uh, and so I'm just being very, very cautious right now early in draft season that um, I'm not going to invest any of my draft capital in him until I see him actually, you know, throwing uh, and looking good uh, in spring training. So that's a rank that will change at some point. It's either going to go up. Or it's going to go way down. Go down even further. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on what his health situation is. The news is good. So maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh considering what the news is. But I mean, you never really know with this kind of thing until we see him pitch. So I'm, I'm kind it's of true. just saying I'm out for right now. Yeah. We do have to see where Eduardo Rodriguez is at and, and what, what his health status looks like when he actually gets out on the mound. Um, I kind of parked him at, at 61. I haven't really been drafting him. I kind of think 
that he is what he is. I, I've got I've got issues uh, beyond the health. M- more with more with the, the the ceiling here, where I think he is talent wise. But uh, if he's healthy, he should be he should be solid. And I hope he is full recovery because I do like watching him pitch. Um, I do think that that second half that we saw in 19 though was a little bit misleading. I don't think I don't think there was any real skill change there, and that's why I don't really buy it as as some sort of new level. David Price moving on 25 spot difference between us here 40 versus 65. Now that's in an area where it can be glob like and you and you look at 40 to 65 you feel like it's a big difference then you really assess the players uh, that are there and you're like okay yeah I don't I don't feel that sharply different just for reference my 65 is Tristan McKenzie um, and yeah I don't feel terribly different about David Price and Tristan McKenzie, different, different ends of the age area there with a veteran and a, and a rookie. But other than that, as far as the talent, I don't feel terribly different, but I think uh, it's fair to say that I'm higher on David Price than coming back. I think he's going to bounce back, be ready to go and put up, you know, a fullish season given what the Dodgers normally get from their starters. Uh, you seem to maybe be a little bit more cautious. Again, I mean, this is all about for me, the opt out last year and, we have no idea what he was doing in the off season. Um, you know, we we expect a guy of his kind of veteran status. You know, he's thirty five, uh, going to be thirty six later in the year. Uh, that he was keeping his body in shape, training, uh, even though he wasn't playing. But we don't know. And there were there was talk that he might opt out again in twenty twenty one. And so this is kind of. There was, yeah. There, you know, the Dodgers had uh, made it clear to the press uh, at one point um, in December that they they did not know whether he was going to pitch or not. Now he's tr- he he's kind of indicated he is going to play, um, but I, I kind of dropped him just a little bit on the outside chance that he could opt out again, uh, that his body's not in shape again, just like Eduardo Rodriguez. I think this is a situation where. We see him in spring training, and he's looking pretty good, looking like David Price. And then, yeah, he, he's probably going to bust up, you know, right around my 40th guy. So, like, right now I've got Luzardo and Andrew Heaney at 40-41. Probably, you know, Sixto Sanchez at 42. Probably, like, stick him in that kind of grouping right there. So and he we'd could, be matching. Yeah, he could easily jump up 25 spots. All right. Yeah, I'm looking at... Uh... At Roto World, Dodgers manager Dave Roberts told reporters on Thursday he's unsure if David mm-hmm. Price will return to pitch. This was back in December 17th. So it looks like everything's tracking back toward pitching, but that that is interesting. I'm ranking him obviously on the idea that he is pitching and he'll be ready to go and everything. Obviously, I would I would change if anything happened with regards to that. So We'll keep an eye on that for for David Price, but until then, we do have that split. Uh, and then, lastly, that I have listed, if there's anybody else you want to discuss here, I'm, I'm open to you throwing them on there. But Lance McCullers Jr., we've got a healthy split of 24 spots, 34 to 58. Sensing a theme here, <laughs> going very cautious on guys. I'm I'm pushing a little bit more though because. I just think that a lot of these guys are going to come back and and be fine, really. I think, uh, you know, McCullers has had injury issues for always. So 
I definitely agree that there's there remains some concern, but I love the talent, and so I'm kind of I'm kind of putting them out there and saying, hey, I'm gonna come back. I'm putting them down for I don't know 160 innings. I know it's career high. I, yeah. I think it's do or die. Way over a career high. I mean, yeah. his career high in the majors is 128 in the third. Uh, and so, uh, and I mean, you can all, you know, you can quote, I think his minor league like numbers with, you know, in conjunction with his major league numbers. And then, you know, 2015, he had what, like 155 and two thirds, uh, but that's still 2015. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's a matter of what do we think the innings are going to be and, uh, I think the Astros will push him this year. The question is, can his body uh, hold up? Uh, and it, it never has. He's always struggled with injuries. Uh, and I love the talent. I mean, for me to put a guy even this high with, like, real innings concerns, you know, we're not talking like, like, I'm not concerned, like, that, oh, well, is he going to get to 150? No, I'm concerned if he's going to get to 110 you know, or 120. Uh, and I think that's a huge difference for me. Uh, and so like, I, like, I really wanted to push him up further, but I just couldn't rationalize it considering how concerned I would be about a work, his workload and eventually his, you know, arm falling off. Um, so I know that I'm going to be the low man on McCullers, but it's not like, uh, it's not because I don't believe in his talent. It's, you know, unless, you know, we consider health a skill, which it is. And yeah. he just doesn't have that. Well, he hasn't shown that yet. Um, so that's that's my big concern with McCullers. It has nothing to do with, like, on a per inning or a per outing basis. Uh, but more a matter of, I'm just afraid that I'm going to get caught, you know, 70 innings into the season. And all of a sudden, I've got a drop in. Uh, and when you're talking about a guy going in the top 120 right now, 117 in draft champion since the beginning of the year, uh, you know, right behind Kevin Gosman, Pablo Lopez, and in front of Joe Musgrove and Sixto Sanchez. Like, there's no way I can pay that price. Well, lucky for you, I can. <laughs> so how about that? When, when did I become the risk-adverse person? <laughs> I, I, maybe you always have been. Yeah, I mean... I pick and choose my risks and McCullers is a guy that um, in the past I've been like really in on because you watch him pitch and he is just uh, a nightmare for hitters. Um, but I just, I am, I'm just worried that, you know, especially a guy who has never thrown 130 innings in the major league level, jumping up from 55 to 150, that seems, uh, that seems unlikely to me. Yeah, like I, I get, I get the health concerns, right? I do, hundred percent, because it's right there, staring us point blank in the face. Hasn't gone one hundred and thirty innings. I don't know though. Like, I would rather, I would rather take that gamble on the talent and, sure. and just try to get those innings at this at this part of the draft. Than to um, th- th- then to try to take somebody who's like safer because they're not because nobody's really safer is the thing right because guys get pitchers get hurt so often mm-hmm. that I think we get caught in this fallacy of safety 
when none of them are safe. Not not even the guys that you know have six straight years of X number of innings. Yeah, yeah. I like, mean, what, it's, it's great till it's the, not. I think the stat that Zimmerman put out there was like fifty five percent of pitchers hit the AIL every year. Like, and it's not all catastrophic injuries or anything like that, but they're all gonna, sure. you know, ha- half of your pitching staff is going to hit the IL at some point. Uh, that's why I push toward the talent more, though. For sure, and that's why somebody like McCullers does get boosted, knowing the risks, saying, you know what, I get it, but I think there's enough upside there. Plus, you know, his 120 something inning seasons are always pretty good too. Mm-hmm. So the innings I do get are going to be good. Throw that on. If it doesn't work out, okay, I'll replace him. If it does work out, I'm getting, you know, possible dream season. So, you know, it's about that risk management. But I, I'm okay taking him where he's going, which I believe is um, around this ranking that I have, actually. Yeah, he's, he's 37th in ADP, and I got him 34th. Yeah, I mean... So the mar- market's pretty hot on him. Yeah, it's just too hot for me. And, like, I mean, I totally get the idea that... And I, I agree with your, your belief that every pitcher has risk because that's it's just an unnatural motion. You know, and there's so there's so long an arm can take before it falls off. And obviously there there is there are unicorns out there that just pitch forever and never get hurt. Uh, but you're much more likely to suffer some sort of arm injury pitching... Uh, than playing another position. Um, no doubt. That being said, the idea that not everybody uh, is as safe as another guy, I disagree with. I mean, guys who have long track records of injury history are less safe. And the research, you know, that our very own Jeff Zimmerman has done has kind of bore that out. And so I think he's just... Wait, more... say, say that again? That They're less safe? The, that there are guys who are less safe than others because of their injury history, you know, and so yeah, like like super outliers though. But I, I just I don't know that it's it's um, sharp enough difference to give it much fantasy value. Yeah, I, is, is what I, I'm saying. That, like, that, like yeah, that there may be some differences in somebody like Lance McCullers versus like Kyle Hendricks or something. But I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not. I don't weigh that to a to a substantial degree. And yeah, and I do, um, or at least I am in this ranking. There are other guys where I'm I'm less concerned about it. You know, um, you know, a guy that we're not going to talk about on this episode because we're both pretty high on him is like Frankie Montas. Like I'm just I'm not as concerned that he was injured last year, um, and maybe that's foolish, uh, but. You know, guys like Lance McCullers who have consistently been injured um, and in major injuries and not been able to to pitch, you know, deep into a season, I, I just have a hard time rostering them. Even though I, I see the upside, and I completely agree. Like, he's got top 25 starting pitcher upside. Um, you know, uh, that being said, it's just hard for me to, to put money on that uh, considering what I think the probability is that he's going to make it to 150 innings. Well, you did put Framber Valdez 20 seconds. How so. dare you? So we'll see what's going on with some of your choices. Okay, okay, fair enough. All right, so Mike Miner, Michael Kopech, Eduardo Rodriguez, David Price, Lance McCullers Jr., five guys I'm a good bit higher on that are worth some discussion. Let's go to the other end here. 
I will mention four guys that we had dead even just for fun. Two of them on the same team, one of the hardest teams to wrangle, which is kind of funny too. Jacob DeGrom both had number one. Dustin May, 48. Tony Gonsolin, 52. Zach Davies, 74. Those are our four dead even matches. I love that two of them are the the two Dodgers guys that we don't even know. <laughs> are they 5'6"? What's going on? And we happen to put them both 48-52 respectively. I love it. I love it. Nailed but it. We have some bigger differences on the far-reaching end here where you're higher. And let's start with one I kind of hinted at, Carlos Martinez. This one is, you know, at the higher end. 83 for you, 126 for me. Now... It's interesting to bring this one up after the injury issues that you discussed. <laughs> and now you're going to justify this one. Let's uh, let's give you a shot. I like Carlos Martinez myself, but a lost 2020. Okay. But a pretty lost 2019 as well. And, you know, even 2018, which was, which was strong performance-wise, when he did pitch 311, uh, ERA, but a 135 whip. The, the walks were starting to get up there for Martinez. We're a while from a full season of quality work, 2017. Yet, not that you're egregiously ranking him, but you got him pretty high here. Again, especially in light of what we just talked about with regards to health and concerns. 83 for Carlos Martinez. Feels a touch a touch high. Where, where are you at with him? And is are we even sure he's starting? I mean, I think he's starting. Um, I could be wrong, and you know, if we start getting talk that he's not going to be starting, then he'd bust down my ranks. Uh, you know, I'll start this with like the difference between eighty three and one twenty six, like, is not that big of a uh, discrepancy, right? I mean, so like, I know it's forty plus spots, but it, it isn't. I, I still love the upside. Like, it, it's funny to me that you're like, it's been a while since he, like, you know, uh, you know, threw a bunch of innings and was good. Like, the same argument could somewhat be applied to the guy we just talked about in Lance McCullers. Like, except for the fact that he's never been able to throw the kind of innings that Martinez has shown he's capable of throwing. Um, yeah, but he's, McCullers is more talented. Is he? Yes. I don't know that he is. Right, um, right now, unquestionably, at this moment. Uh, I mean, okay. I mean, I guess you can make that argument. I, I still disagree. I think he's got a much more firm profile to bet on. I, 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 I don't think his skills have waned at all. And he pitched, you know, he pitched well in 2020. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just not... Like I'm not I'm not throwing out McCullers as 2020, but I am throwing out uh, Martinez as 2020, considering he got COVID, the Cardinal season, um, sure, you know, and so I'm more looking at like the 48 innings in 2019 uh, that were pretty damn good. Um, 48 innings. Okay, but it was only like 55 innings for McCullers in 2020, so we're like I, no, no, no. I, I think I it's just comparable. I'm more concerned with the fact that he was a reliever. I mean, that, that was a relief year. I don't know. He's he's such a huge wild card. To me, healthy McCullers, starter, and go until you can't go. Martinez, we got nothing. I don't even know where we're at right now. 
I think he's starting. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty sure he's starting. Uh you know, I mean, and who knows what what could happen. I mean, they do have other arms in that uh you know, that could start for them even after, you know, trading Austin Gomber in the biggest fleecing of uh of our lifetime to get <laughs> Nolan Arenado. But currently, I mean, Ross Resource hasn't projected to be uh, the number four there. Um, he's going to pick, you know, four eleven in draft champions leagues. Over, uh, you know, since the beginning of the year. I mean, I think it's a, a worthy gamble to take if you prefer some of the other gambles going in that area, like an AJ Puck or a Luke Weaver um, or Michael Lorenzen. Uh, you know, that that's fine. Uh, Personally, I think he's uh, he's a pretty worthy gamble. We've seen him be like a top thirty pitcher before, uh, and he's going extremely late. And uh, I mean, it's you know outside of the COVID issues, it hasn't really been health related. Like I feel like he's got a pretty good shot to get on the field and throw uh, if he is starting like one hundred and fifty really good innings. Um, you know, that being said, there is concern, and that if there wasn't concern about his role. Uh, or how many innings he was going to get, he would be much lower for me. But, or, or sorry, much higher for me. Um, but you know, I, I still believe in the talent. Maybe I'm, maybe, maybe I'm uh, fooling myself, and this is a little bit of I want him to be good because I've been on him for so long. Uh, but I, I do believe that he uh, he has another big season coming. All right, we'll we'll see about that. We'll see what he can deliver. Mr. Uh, Mr. Carlos Martinez, I, I have definitely liked him. Um, I'm certainly not anti, and I want him to come back and pitch well. But uh, I, I do have some nerves about about where he's at, you know. And just uh, is he, is he ready to go? Can he get back out there and put put together a full season? That would be nice. I have a question. Why didn't you rank Alec Mills or Cole Hamels? On a list that went 150. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, Cole Hamels missed all of last season with injury, right? So, um, and he's like super, super old. All right, 150 oh. deep. Uh, <laughs> you ranked Freddie Peralta, and he he did throw that three, you know, three and a third. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, but I essentially was. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just, I mean, this is just me not caring. I, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, uh, and that's probably a mistake. I should probably push him into my top 150. Where, where do you have him ranked? 103. Oh, wait, 104? Yeah. Whew. Explain that ranking. Explain what? You have Antonio Sensatella and Brad Keller there. Yeah. I feel really comfortable that they're going to pitch. And Sensatella was comfort- really good on the road. Cole Hamels is going to pitch. Is he? Is, there, is he not? <laughs> I mean, I guess. I mean, he's a free agent, so we don't know if he's going to pitch. Yeah. I like, mean, he hasn't he signed. Sign, there obviously. hasn't been any reports that teams are interested in him. Um, anything to suggest that he's retiring either. Yeah, but I mean,. I mean, he, until I, I mean, if he signs and, you know, if he signs, that's a sign that he looks somewhat decent, right? So, um, and that he's probably healthy because they'll do the medicals on him and stuff. But until he does, like, I, I don't want to draft him. And so this, 
lack of rank reflects that. I'll say. And then Alec Mills can't crack a 150? Yeah, that's probably a mistake. I should probably push him up, especially because he probably will be in the rotation for Chicago. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, um, yeah, I mean, considering what they have in their rotation, uh, yeah, he right now roster resource has him projected to be the number three starter. Yeah, they got three of the same guy, Hendricks, Davies, and Mills. Um, I haven't done this, but I, I bet you if you take out um, the one amazing game, the no-hitter, his stats look really, really atrocious. Um, not that you should necessarily nah, bet, do that. in in still all right. I mean, you know, and, and the, you know, the FIP was 544. He doesn't strike out a lot of guys typically, uh, you know. Well, FIP. FIP is literally useless for guys like this. It's always going to be bad, and we're always going to be like, well, their FIP's this. It's like, okay, well, they have like nine years of doing this. Now, Mills doesn't yet, but that's yeah. like same thing for Hendricks. So I, FIP is completely useless for guys like this. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's still allowed to be. Like, I don't even think he's you, – you listed 150, though. Yeah, no, he should he I'm should not, be I'm in not the top 150. To be, I put him 105, like whatever. Yeah, I don't know that I put him 105, and we'd still have a pretty big split, but I I probably shouldn't be ranking him, like, above, you know, Braylon Marquez, who yeah, you isn't in the rotation. You Brad know. Keller's the same guy. Yeah, well, Brad, Brad Keller has a really, you know, decent track record, or at least a track record, you know, other than, you know, a shortened season, so... Um, I'm not going to rank him up by Keller, but yeah, I mean, I could pro I could easily put him above like a Johnny Cueto or above uh, maybe like a um, a Braylon Marquez. Oh, we didn't talk about the big move, the Alex Cobb deal. Oh my God, massive! <laughs> people, people are going to be really upset because I know Alex Cobb's dad listens. You have Alex Cobb ranked 148. Mm -hmm. I got a 140. We're real big on the Alex Cobb train. We are. <laughs> hey, the Angels just need pitchers. I mean, it's fine. It's not moving the needle a ton, but what are they like? What else is there? You know, <laughs> the Angels of... are going with the um, uh, qu quantity over quality. Yeah, like, no, I mean they are. We're just going to throw a bunch of arms at you, and someone is going to you know stay healthy. I mean, I'm sure they will, and they'll probably have an overperformer or two, and. Mm -hmm. It depends. I like you know, a lot of the rotation, actually. Yeah, it depends, so. like, if some of their guys that are expected to do really well can, can fulfill that. And then the back-end guys can kind of fill in. And, you know, Quintana or Cobb can have, like, a throwback season. That'd be huge for them. So mm -hmm. we'll see. All right. Uh, next up, Dane Dunning. We have a big split four with you ranking him 63rd. And I got him at ninety. Yeah, I, I feel he's pretty high. It, I mean, it is, but it, I mean, it's not extremely high. And I mean, we saw, you know, in his, you know, major league debut, thirty-four really good innings, uh, and now he's going to go to an even better park. Uh, you know, I think maybe that's offset a little bit by the fact the Rangers probably aren't going to win nearly as many games as the White Sox were going to win. But uh, I like Dane Dunning, and I feel like the industry as a whole is a little bit low on him, considering. 
I feel like he's got a pretty safe floor for a young guy. Um, what if we took out his best outing for no reason? Uh, then I, I'm assuming his his stats drop by the way you asked that. So <laughs> I mean, just kind of showing the absurdity of you suggesting to do it for Alec. Miller's I, I mean, stat. you know, that's what I said. You or can't Jim, actually Jim. do it. I'm just, but you know, he's not going to throw another no hitter. Um, no, but yeah, Dane Dunning, he was, he was all right. He was all right. You know, he's going to move to Texas. Um, I don't think that's a terrible move. It's really kind of like you know what. What is he strikeout wise? I think he's a strikeout and inning type guy. Um, yeah. I think that'd be huge. I, I don't know that he necessarily is In near twelve percent swing strike rate. You know, got people to chase out of the zone like twenty six percent of the time. Yeah, if he can, if he can maintain a, a, an eleven percent on swing strike, I think that's right around where where he can be. I just want to see and that's if, what he's. I mean, you look at his minor league swing strike rates, and they're all. You know, twelve percent, thirteen percent, like that is who he is. Um, yeah, but you're expected to give some back at the major league level, so we'll see if he can maintain eleven percent. I think he, I mean, he throws ninety two. He doesn't have anything that's like overpowering, so I, I don't see him as a twelve percent, eleven, twelve percent guy. But if he can maintain that, that would help facilitate. It depends on that that slider. I think could be mm-hmm. the strikeout weapon. Yeah, sixty three so, is kind of high, though. I felt is it. I don't think it's that high. Again, pretty, like this, the, pretty the, impactful. The difference between sixty-three and ninety, like it's like not. Yeah, we can't keep doing that though, or else why we do rankings? Like we can only say that so many times. Like at some point, there has to be some difference, and yeah, like there are tightened gaps, but we still put somebody sixty-three versus ninety. Well, for give me a an example like, of someone like like that I have ranked below him that I clearly should have above him. Like that, that I think that's the better below, argument. Below your uh, yeah, below see. my Dane Dunning rank that I clearly in your mind I should clearly have above. All right, going to Dane Dunning. Well, David Price. Um, and, and like I said, if, if he's actually pitching and, and looks like he's in shape and stuff, he'll jump up. Like so, I'd probably put Drew Smiley. Really, Christian Javier. I mean, Brady I Jr. like Drew Smiley on a per inning basis, but how many innings are we going to get in total, and how many innings per start? Because that was kind of, that was an issue for him last year. Was like the innings per start were not enough to qualify him for a win, and so then he becomes a three category contributor from the starting pitcher perspective. Um, and I think he'll add add some innings. I, I don't think he's now a four inning guy. I don't. I don't know that Atlanta would be interested if they thought they were only getting a four inning guy. I mean, I don't think they would either. But we've not seen him been able to stay healthy since what twenty sixteen. Hmm. So I don't know that we can say he can definitely do that. And so I'm. I'm. I'm... Well, yeah, and I have questions about Dane Dunning too. Like they both. They both have questions. I just. I would take Smiley's talent over Dunning. Okay, and I, and I and I feel like Dunning is just safer, and that's why I have him where he is. That that I don't, but how? Because I mean, he has thirty four major league innings. He's twenty six. Kind of is pretty bland. Safe to do like a four fifty, like a four twenty. Like you know, I I think he's probably what he was last year, which is a guy who's a strikeout inning, um, and like a four ERA, which you know. 
that's what you're taking around that spot, and you're I'm okay with it. See, I, I think in that range, I'm I'm looking for more. Okay, that that's fine. I'm I'm yeah, looking I'm, for a stabilizer. Um, I'm looking. Well, I I mean I am too, but I'm I think I'm getting a firmer stabilizer there. Um, I mean I I would take even with his strikeout issue because I I don't think Dunning's like a strikeout burning guy. I think I would take Keuchel over him, and you got Keuchel. Down at seventy-seven. Yeah, that's that's uh-huh. fair. Keuchel should probably be a little bit higher. <laughs> I mean, and um, it's you know, in in fairness, I do have him over Dunning, but I only have I have him similar to where you ranked. I just have Dunning lower. I think okay. Dunning's just bland. I guess I I mm-hmm. don't see any like big upside there, and so I guess sixty-three stood out to me because I still got some guys that I find pretty exciting with with some real upside in that area yeah he's a, i mean a good command guy you know hoping this i think the slider will come uh you know and and show a little bit more uh definitely would like to see him start throwing one of those you know the, either with the, the the change or the curve up uh, curve a little bit more um but i i liked what i saw in in 2020 i'm i'm actually surprised he isn't going higher and going closer to where I'm drafting. Dane Dunning is currently his 80th among pitchers, among starters. That's where he's been going. So yeah, a little bit uh, around where I, where I'm, where I've got him right now, but maybe you should drop down a little, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dropping him down as far as maybe you got him. Okay. All right. Next up is Nate Pearson, who I've got, uh, He's a bit lower. Let me search this real quick. All right, you have him 67, 90, and I have 93. So same kind of deal here um, with the Dane Dunning. Different profiles, but I'm actually more concerned about Pearson because he's. I think he's a much bigger wild card uh, that could go, you know. He, he can shoot much higher than Dunning, mm-hmm. but he could also shoot quite a bit lower. I mean, you think, he's, you think he's a finished product, like ready to contribute? What, I think if he's like healthy, what? he is. I think the question is, is he healthy? And I think one of the part, one of the things that is holding uh, his ADP down as far as it is, and he, I mean, he has been going really late sometimes in some drafts I've been in. Uh, I'm gonna check what his ADP is, but his ADP is currently 277, going right in front of Dane yeah. Dunning. Um, so. Uh, but I mean, I've, I've been in drafts where he's like outside the top 350. Um, and like, uh, yes, typically this is not a guy I would necessarily invest in because of the, uh, injury risk, but I mean, the upside, man, he is when he, you know, when he came back from the injury at the end of last year and we saw him pitch those few innings, uh, I mean, he just looks so filthy and so difficult to hit. Um, and, you know, I think often in the fantasy industry, and we talk about this a bunch, a prospect uh, disappoints and mm-hmm. people kind of like write them off or, or like kind of ignore them the following year. And a lot of times that is a mistake. Uh, and, you know, so worst case scenario, he, you know, either gets hurt or, you know, struggles with the command and I drop him. But, the upside on Pearson is huge, um, you know, former top pitching prospect in baseball. So uh, I'm willing to take the gamble on a 24-year-old that finishes the season healthy, 
uh, and I mean, it's just got amazing stuff. Yeah, the market has Pearson as the 78th pitcher off the board. Uh, like I said, I got 93. I still am a little nervous. You know, power pitchers, sometimes they can hit the ground running. Sometimes they take multiple years to kind of figure it out. Uh, I'm not going much off 18 innings at the major league level, but he only had 18, 18 innings at AAA, too. So I'm worried about if he's ready is my biggest concern with regards to Pearson, is, and that's – I think what we need to kind of see, that's why I'm playing it probably a little bit more cautiously with him. He should definitely start, though, right? I don't think that they're... I mean, if he doesn't start in the rotation, I'm very concerned about uh, his health. Uh, yeah. That that becomes the... That becomes like like a real warning sign. If we start hearing, oh, he's going to go back down to the minors, oh, he's not ready to pitch yet, then I start really getting concerned and he'll plummet in my rankings. But until we've seen that, and as much as the Blue Jays have been aggressive in free agency, they That's haven't, the they haven't been aggressive like in the pitching market. No. And, but I think it would undercut their aggression, you know, aggressiveness with getting these hitters. If they then didn't start their best prospect in the majors, given where their rotations at. But, so. I mean, we talk about, like, with Donelson Lamette, like, the biggest warning sign right now with Donelson Lamette not being healthy is the fact that the Padres are going out and getting pieces. So, yeah. if if Toronto was loading up their rotation to the point where Pearson didn't seem like he was going to be in it, then I'd be like, ooh, That'd maybe there concern. is something, you know, with, going on with his elbow that is uh, uh, is really scary. So, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna bet on the stuff and the stuff uh, that we saw in the minor leagues that we saw in brief stretches in the majors last year um, is absolutely electric, and so I'm I'm gonna take the gamble. Yeah, I will. I'm Not on every selectively. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be selectively take the gamble, even though I don't have him ranked where the ADP is at. I'm, I am playing a bit cautiously. I've got him with other prospects kind of clumped together. In fact, right by Dunning, Casey Mize, Tariq Skubal, and then the, the three TJ guys, Severino, Sale, Syndergaard, are at 95, 96, 97. So I kind of put a bunch of uh, risk with the prospects and the injury in one little bucket there. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see if how things adjust. And obviously, as we get news in spring, that will prompt moves as well. And I mean, like, you know, this is one of those, you know, kind of examples, um, you know, that just because I've ranked a guy a certain, you know, spot doesn't mean like that's where I'm necessarily going to take him in every draft. Sure. Um, You know, I'm in. Especially once pitcher ranks open up, you start Mm -hmm. to draft based on your team construct and everything. Yeah. And so, like, this is my I'm in my 10th draft right now. We're in the. That's insane. 43rd. almost. We're about to enter the, the 44th round. How are you going to manage that many teams? I mean, most of these are draft and holds. So, like, I'm not I'm having to do fab. So, I'm just, yeah, I'm just doing I'm just doing lineups on Monday mornings and, and Friday mornings. Um, but, uh, and I am going to take a little bit of a break here uh, from drafts, especially as we kind of are waiting to see what's going to happen with the season. Mm-hmm. Because I am, I mean, I was drafting, cons- thinking, okay, season's going to start, <laughs> you know, when when it's supposed to start on April first, 
uh, in April Fools, like. it may not. So uh, had I had I known that, maybe I wouldn't have taken uh, that uh, that gamble as much. But uh, you know, so ten leagues so far. Even though I'm like higher than a lot of other people on Pearson, uh, I've got him on three teams. So like, I'm not over investing okay. in him. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, th- there's immense upside there. It's hard to deny. Uh, that kind of upside, and I'm I'm certainly not averse to chasing some upside. It, it's you know, not like uh, it's not like Griffin Canning and Andrew Heaney, which are on fifty percent of my team so far. You do love them, yeah. You are especially Heaney. That's your guy. You, you, you love Framber Valdez who, too, dude. Who, who's who? Do you think my number one uh, most owned player is right now? Cedric Mullins. It is ninety yes. percent of my teams have Cedric Mullins on it. Nine out of ten, baby. Let's go. That one still pisses me off. Who snake did you remember? I, I don't, but I should actually go back and figure it out. Like and put their name on a dartboard. Yeah, like ban them from TGFBI or something. <laughs> You're gone. <laughs> Get out of here. How dare you? Uh, you do love Framber Valdez. You have him twenty second. I'm forty sixth. That's a big split, especially at this high in the rankings. I thought you were high on him. So tell me, like, like I'll, I'll defend, like, my rank of it, but I'm actually more surprised. Uh, like, I, I understand, like, people are going to push on me on the on the, on the the Framber train. You know, I mean, it's a very, very small sample of, of really good work. Um, but I thought you were going to be up there with me. So, like, why did you temper your expectations on Valdez? Just a extra study, kind of figuring out what what his season was made of. You know, I had him thirty eight my first run, and um, I kind of was investigating it more. I think Nick and I have talked about him two different times, and and, and did a little deep dive. I think the walk improvements are a bit fraudulent. I don't really see anything to suggest that he earned those or that he'll keep them. And that's concerning because, you know, he went from being, you know, having a walk issue to all of a sudden being a a control artist with a, uh, you know, 6% walk rate. That's fantastic. But there's nothing there behind it. Same with the strikeout gains. Jumps up five points from 21 to 26%. Great. But the swing strike rate was the same. And we're looking at equal 70 and two-thirds inning samples from 19 and 20. Granted, those are both small. I, I freely admit that. But it is, you know, maybe it builds too much um, relationship value to them because of the same sample size, even though that doesn't necessarily mean that much. But I look at a guy who, you know, coming up, walked too many guys, didn't quite get that many strikeouts uh, in the majors in his first two stints. All of a sudden, gets a bunch of strikeouts with nothing really behind it. Swing strike rate did not go up. Fraudulent walk rate. I think the home run rate was great for him. And even that has a little bit of uh, skepticism to it because of how much he cut his homer to fly ball. So everything is adding up to, I don't know that uh, that there's more here. I think you look at him, for me, 357 ERA, I think that's kind of a best case is to replicate that. I think he's more like a 440 guy wow. uh, with maybe a decent whip because he can be a little bit difficult to hit. But I think the homers are going to inch back up. I think the walks are going to do that same. And um, with the walks moving up, any extra homers, obviously, could be extra painful. Okay. I mean, damn. he's a stupid guy. 
Yeah, no, I get the concerns, and maybe I am too high on him, but man, I was just so impressed by what with what I saw last year, and you know, a guy who gets a lot of ground balls, so even if the strikeouts aren't quite there in the way it was in 2020, like he's still going to get out uh, of innings, you know, fairly quickly, which gives him the ability to go deep in games. The Astros are killed it in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. The Astros really don't have a ton in that rotation right now for them to not just ride him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we know that Dusty Baker likes to push Mm -hmm. his starter. So I think he could easily, uh, you know, be up towards the top of, guys in terms of uh innings pitched next year um yeah i mean i i guess i get what you're saying about the command because i mean he doesn't like grade out necessarily super high on like the command plus he you know grades out to like an average to you know a slightly above average command guy Mm -hmm. yeah i'm 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 gonna drop him he shouldn't be 22 but i'm where do you have him 40 yeah, I'm 46, I think. I yeah, he's, he's, I'm still going to be way higher. Okay. Um, I, we brought you down, though. I'll, I'll bring him down. Let's see. I'll drop him to... I'll drop him below Barrios at 30. Below... I, I'm going to put him at 33. Okay. I t- and I have Charlie Morton. I'll tell you what. I can give him a 10-point jump. If I find out he's got a third pitch coming in, okay. We right. get word that the changeup has updating this live ripped. in my ranks. It. So I love it. We get a little news on the on a new pitch. I'm uh, I give him I give him ten points off rip. I want I really want to like him, and uh, you know that might have been some positivity coming his way. I can't remember all of our talks about him, um, but yeah, after doing more studying talking through it with nick i just i realized hey I got, only on I got two of my teams cautious. so not overly invested <laughs> so you're not you're not uh, you're not overly invested i like that i like that um and i don't mind having some because you know what what if there is more than meets the eye and he can maintain kind of the the top end of what a 10 percent swing strike rate can give because generally you multiply it by two to two and a half to give yourself a strikeout range. Mm-hmm. So he's really squeezing the most out of a 10% there. Well, what if he can do that with regularity? What if the walks stick? Then all of a sudden, maybe Fromber is for real. But I just want to see that third pitch. That would really, really comfort me. Speaking of only two pitches, uh, Chris Paddock is a big split for us. Now, I'm not – I would not consider myself to be anti-Paddock in any sort of mm-hmm. capacity but Wait, you are I, I do not share <laughs> i do not share your boisterousness of ranking him 27th to my 44th i stand firm in my 44th i'm trying not to overreact to 20 uh, but i think there were some questions about 19 that went a bit unanswered when he was you know being thrust into the top 20 25 uh, i think that home run rate was skirted over the, the insane Babbitt was, you know, treated as full skill as opposed to at least some component of run good in there. So we look at a guy, fastball changeup, really still looking for that third pitch as well. You're you're putting him in there as, as like a firm number two. Yeah, firm uh, number two that I can draft as a number three. Um, yes. 
as he goes in like the 30 34 35 and starting yep, pitchers 34 right so yeah you can get him cheaper than that kind of in between what we have him ranked but i i express a little bit more caution with him because of the out the factors outlined home run issue only two pitches you know was he as was he even as good as as his 2019 suggests when the there was a half run split between the ERA 333 and Sierra 383? So what do you like about Paddock and do you see advancement for the 25 year old? Um, what what exactly has you ranking him top 30? I mean, if we thought he had a third pitch, um, I think people would be like really going all over the place for him and. Yeah, the the not having a third pitch is is been an issue, but we've seen him be successful uh, in 2019 without it. I I know 2020 was a disaster, uh, but I mean he still has amazing command. I mean you go over and look at that you, you know Eno's uh, command plus metric, and he's like top five, top ten kind of guy there, and so. Yes, there needs to be a little bit of, there needs to be some advancement um, in terms of, you know, potentially throwing like that curveball more. Um, But he's still super young. He was just like a top 15 guy a year ago or year before last. Uh, And I I believe that there is a bounce back coming on pitching on one of the best teams in baseball. So as long as he can go five innings, he's going to, he's going to rack up wins. Um, I, I do. I, I like Chris Paddock. And if I can get a guy as my number three starting pitcher, uh, which I have in a number of drafts. Um, let's see. Where do I, where do I, how many drafts do I have Paddock in? Oh, I only have him in two drafts so far. Ooh, fraudulent. <laughs> um, yeah, I love him. Uh, I hate him. Screw him. Um, there's only 10 starting pitchers worth drafting anyways, right? Um, but I know. I, I believe in the kid's talent. Uh, and everybody else is jumping off, kind of off the train, and I, I'm I'm sticking to it. I, I believe he's still uh, got plenty of room to grow, and I think he could potentially be a uh, a top 15 starting pitcher this year. Uh, you know, if he gets back to what he was doing and, and starts throwing the curveball a little bit more, or incorporates a different uh, third pitch. So I, I like Paddock uh, quite a bit. Obviously, uh, I'm surprised. I'm not actually no. I'm not surprised you have him this low because a lot of people do there are a lot of people i think think he's one of those guys where you're either in or you're out and i'm in you're out yeah i mean i'm not completely out i'm 44 he goes 34th on average i think there's going to be some drafts he's going to be available to me i had him 37th i moved him down the home runs really have me concerned um as does the the two pitch situation which is something i've mentioned with a couple guys here but even some of the guys i like i have two pitches you know mccullers mostly a two-pitch guy uh they just both happen to be great so you know i'm not fully out on paddock but i'm not really looking to draft him i kind of want to see if he is there say you know it's it's pitcher 38 and there's a little handful of my guys there including a couple just before him, like, like like the two Miami guys, Sixto and Al- Alcantara um, and Paddock, like let's say they're all there, and Fromber, you know, I guess Fromber would have probably already be gone. He mm-hmm. goes 29th on average. But, you know, I think I'd have a decision there. 
Um, maybe throw in like Dylan Bundy or something too. But put all or Kevin Gosman. Put all five of those guys there. You know, I'm not just snap picking the guy who's ranked the highest. You know, sometimes it's team fit too, as I was saying. And a lot of times, you and I are clear to mention that our draft. This isn't necessarily a one to whatever draft list that mm-hmm. we follow to a T every time. I don't know that anybody does that with pitching. I'd be surprised if anybody does that. Surely you kind of you kind of stick and move based on how your how your rotation's coming together. If you're loaded on strikeouts with, you know, a perceived 500 plus strikeouts with your first two guys, say you you jump up and you get DeGrom and Giolito or something, then you might be able to go a little less strikeout friendly and more ratio friendly down the line. Well, maybe you get Grinky and Hendricks, so you're going for young strikeout. You know, there's a lot of different things that you can do. Those are just two small examples. But anyway, I'm not fully out on Paddock. I am not as high on him as you, though. I will say I'm not trying to fence it. I definitely have more of a negative outlook on him right now with the homers. Um, but I could still see him on a team. He's one of those guys that could still make the cut for me even if he comes in at that low register that I have him, you know? Mm-hmm. So Carlos Martinez, Dane Dunning, Nate Pearson, Framber Valdez, Chris Paddock are the five that you're higher on. Anybody on the list on either end that caught your eye that you wanted to discuss before we get out of here? Mm, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go look at... Uh, da, 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 da. Um... You know, and here, so this is one that you're higher on than I am. Um, and maybe it's, I think this may be another situation. Maybe I'm too low, but I have not been buying in on the Eliza Hernandez train. And it seems like there are a lot of people. You have him at 76, I have him at 100. Talk to me about why I should move Eliza Hernandez up. Apparently, uh, we really got to move him up too because I'm, I'm at like ADP. Yeah, and, and then that's like to I me didn't like realize that. there are some people in the industry that have him as like a top fifty pitcher. Yeah, there there there's some big love happening that I'm not sure that I quite share. Mm-hmm. What I do like about him um, is some of the foundation that he laid last year in 2019 that uh, was kind of under the surface because he had a 5.03 ERA and a 2.2 homer per nine like there was some trouble in fact that homer rate had come in from 2018 and it was still present this year home runs are a big issue until hernandez figures that out you have to be careful with him he was able to maintain a 316 era in spite of his 1.8 homer per nine this year because he sliced his walk rate from seven to four percent or five percent we'll call it um, but that you know getting down to five percent is huge strikeouts went way up I think what people are really falling in love with is the the arsenal uh, capable of getting strikeouts with the slider uh, being kind of his big pitch. However, I look at him and I'm like, it's still a show-me change-up, though. Yeah. So I'm not all the way in here. I'm in on the skills foundation that he has with the strikeouts and walks. He, he gets good strikeout rate the, each of the last two years, strong walk rates. But the homers are an absolute nightmare. He is a kind of a two pitch guy right now. He definitely is a two pitch um, guy. So I I have cons- well I mean he he had double digit change up in eighteen and nineteen, only six percent this year though. So I'm wondering kind of where he goes from here. Does it stay yeah. a show me pitch or does he bring it back? Um, but yeah, I I like him. I think he's fine to take in, in that 
in that range, but the market, I, I've seen him jump up past that ADP uh, multiple times too. go as like the 60th pitcher in one of my drafts. Yeah. And I mean, that's to me is like, I, I think the ADP is fine. I don't necessarily, I mean, there's a lot of guys at the ADP, obviously I have them ranked much lower than kind of where the ADP is, uh, you know, um, guys like Paxton and, and Kim and, and Pearson and Dunning. I have, uh, you know, you know, above him, but uh, yeah, I mean the two pitch mix, you know, maybe he does throw the change up, um, you know, back, you know, over 10% of the time. I it just, it's not a very good pitch. I, I'd say it's kind of slightly below average. Um, and the homers, man, the homers concern the hell out of me. Um, in, in this draft I'm in, he went ahead of means Stroman Pearson Paxton, Manaya, Heaney, Tyone, a lot of guys that I think you would balk at. Yeah. I mean, I he, would, I would balk at. He never went above five innings pitched either, like last year. And, you know, or sorry, sorry. He, in one, in his second start, he went five and a third. Um, and, you and, know. and, and the home run rate is just gaudy. I mean, yeah. it's ugly. One nine for his career. Yeah. I just, I, I get like there are some really uh, tantalizing skills, but I, I don't understand why the industry is pushing him the way they are, or certain you know maybe certain people in the industry or certain and, people in drafts um, are pushing him the way he is. So I, just, I think I Yamamoto getting DFA'd helped too because I think that cleared cleared the deck mm-hmm. and no people were no longer worried. They're like, okay, well he's he's definitely going to get a starter's role now. So mm-hmm. that helped people too. But yeah, no, like I, I like him. I'm certainly not trying to back away from him, but I think the market is actually even higher than I am. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that was just a, a guy that I've actually, I think I've wrote him up for uh, one of the ADP movement pieces, which people are really seeming to like. Um, They're so well done. If, on, if you want to go back and look, cause some people are like, well, how do I see the other ones? Um, like, you know, it's, there's a category for market watch. So oh, like on the right that. hand side, click them all, they'll all come up. Um, and I'm pretty much the only person I think using that, that category right now. So, uh, you can catch them all there, but like I wrote it up, I think back in November, cause I saw his ADP going up quite a bit and I was like, I just don't get it. And they still, I get, I still don't get why people are, are so there's some big love for him. Maybe someone's going to tweet at us. Cause you know, when we were on the, on the pod with, uh, Jason and Ian over the weekend. Um, God, oh, we we're talking about Arenado, and someone like tweeted. He goes, "Hey, you know, look at all these left-handed starters, which he, you know, crushed left-handed pitching um, in the NL West, and then look at the one that's in the Central." Oh wow! And so I was like, "Oh, you know what? So like, like if if you see something and I'm not, please tweet at me because." Um, it uh, will definitely is Kyle there. Uh, <laughs> was Henry running into the doorstopper trying to wiggle out of the? Office. It sounded like it sounded like Kyle was like starting a lawnmower starting in your office, wacker, yeah. like in yeah, your yeah, office, literally, it's like literally right here. next to your microphone. Like, hey, can I get this for you? Um, can I, I'm, I'm here. So, but yeah, I mean, if if we're missing something, please tweet at us at Justin Mason FWFB at yeah, Sporer. Um, or if you've read something about mm-hmm. a said player and you're like, oh, this is what I saw about him, 
I'm I'm always down to check stuff out and kind of see see where people are at because yeah that's I, I love that you brought him up because when he went in this uh, to to our own Jeff Zimmerman in this uh, AFL draft I'm doing and ahead of all those other pitchers I was like okay this Eliezer love continues mm-hmm. yeah I mean some people uh, yeah are are really uh, really buying in on it but um, I, I think the bigger uh, issue. Uh, that we haven't discussed is that you're doing a draft without me, and that that hurts my feelings. Blame Greg Ambrosius. Oh, it's it, uh, the uh, the F Paz. Uh, yeah, yeah. Somehow I didn't get invited to that one. It's okay. I don't. I don't need a free draft. I, he probably know. knew that you were already in. Mm-hmm. Seventeen thousand. He, he looked up my NFPC account. And he's, he's like, like oh, he's no, busy. no more. You're not doing That's, another one. He's busy right now. He doesn't need there, there's NFPC is setting up an intervention for me right now. Yeah, they they were protecting you from yourself. You're we're, all good. We're we're gonna have like a conference call or a Zoom meeting uh, to talk about TGFBI and like the reason we actually gathered you here today. <laughs> Is your your drafting has affected me in the following ways? In the following, yeah, exactly. No, that's definitely they're gonna need to have an intervention with you. But I don't need to have an intervention with you on these ranks because I think uh, I think we we understand each other a bit better here. Oh, one more, because, one more. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm okay, down. you have Denelson Lamette at thirty-seven. Come on, thirty-seven. He's not even gonna have thirty-seven innings. You're insane. Are you really going to go down with that ship again completely? I, I mean, if it wasn't for the elbow, I'd have much higher than 37. You've got him at 55. Yeah, I, no, I mean, obviously I have him down here. Health and and skill. It's just health for me. Like like I said before, uh, San Diego I mean, bringing in him at every... So it doesn't really matter. I've seen him go... Like, he's dropping so much in drafts right now. Good. Um, That, like... Uh, there are times I haven't taken them yet, um, but you want to? Oh, you but, want to know some Like oh. no joke. Like so, I've got him at fifty-five, right? Um, I've seen him go like around. You know, pitcher fifty-five is. I'm just kind of ballparking it. Is you know probably around like Tyler Molly, right? Like mm-hmm. I've seen him go later than that in wow. drafts. Like they're like people are really backing away. In the same way that I am, to the point where it's like, oh, maybe the hate is going a little bit too far. Because we're talking about a guy with top 15 upside going around pick 160 or something. That could be uh, huge. All of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, all of a sudden, you know, on that pod with Michael Simeone and and Jason, you know, I asked, like, would you rather cut off your right foot or left (laughs) foot? You know, now I'm starting looking at that saw going... Well, the upside's pretty huge with one leg. Like as a yeah, fantasy analyst, I, I don't need that left foot. I'm not. That's, not, that's you know. true. You're not. not I don't have a standing desk. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I obviously have him down there for both skill and and health issues. Uh, like I said, at 37, I don't feel like I'm getting him. But if he's moving down that much, maybe he'll start to be in in the picture. I probably still look for reasons to pass him, so maybe I should push him down even further. But I had him 19 last time, um, and honestly, he was moving down even without the health. The the health only makes things worse because I was already kind of moving off of him, just based on the fact that you know his slider was the literal best pitch in baseball. Is that mm-hmm. going to repeat? I don't think so. Um, I just I just don't see it. I just don't see any sort of repeat 
for Denelson Lamette. I do hope he's healthy and pitches, but I don't see him being elite, even if he does. Right. And you really don't, because you got him 57. It's 57. not that I d- – if he's healthy, I think he can. I just – like, I believe, like, at this point, considering – Oh, so I still believe – I'm still against the overall profile. You are open to the – I'm open-ish. I definitely okay. – I wouldn't be, like – You love him. Like, yeah, I mean, like, he's gone – like, yeah, I love him. <laughs> like, let's see, he his – his min pick would put him at pitcher 17 or pitcher 18. Like I'm not near that necessarily, okay. but like, would I, if he was healthy, I'd probably be putting him around pitcher 25 to 30. But like, okay. I have zero faith in, in his health right now, considering what San Diego is doing in bringing in every starter that they can. Yeah. Uh, that, that to me is the huge warning sign, you know, that isn't quite there with like Nate Pearson in terms of, you know, Toronto, not yet bringing in a crap ton of starters because they don't think Pearson's going to hold up. It, it is clear to me. And, and the Padres organization has actually said like, they're unsure of like what kind of workload Lamette's going to have. And, when mm-hmm. when an organization is publicly saying that, what are they saying privately? Um, I just right. I I would have to be after pick one fifty and looking at my rotation, going, well, this is a really really safe and like nice rotation. I you know now I can, I'll take a gamble, but I mean, it's super unlikely for me to for me to take that gamble on Lamette. Yeah, same. Uh, I don't think either of us are really still ending up with him. Um, but we can talk more pitching next time on Thursday. I think we'll go uh, off our rankings back into not not you know d- directly down the ADP. I think we're going to zero in on some folks that we didn't talk about here in this episode that we still want to get some word out about. And, uh, and we'll definitely do that next time out. Until then, Justin, have a good one. Take it easy.